Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Time to talk all things Dirty Birds. It's Falcons Flyover. With John Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back in the Kia Studios on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is John Chuckery Show. Hanging out with you on this Thursday evening with you. 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. The Odyssey app is how you catch us when... You're on the go. Social media at 929 The Game at JMCH316 at the D. Lewis for real on Twitter. This is your night look at all things Atlanta Falcons. It is the Falcons flyover. So, our friend of the show, Tori McElhaney, reporting that Avery Williams was working with the wide receivers today at OTA. So, look, this is the time of year where if you're going to give players a chance to see what they can do at another position, you do it here in the, you know, not quite summertime just yet, but, you know, in OTAs, off-season stuff, and just get a feel if a guy can switch positions or not. Now, obviously, Avery Williams has been all over the place, right? He's been a running back. He's been a defensive back. Obviously, he's our kick and punt returner. So, again, anything you can, <clears throat> excuse me, anything you can get out of Avery Williams, then you you try to see if you can, maximize his speed. You know, again, we saw, who was it? Tyler Gabriel in 2016, right? He was a guy who was a gimmick guy, but, you know, did the jet sweep and caught some touchdowns. Man, you know, you're just finding versatility. That That's Arthur Smith's favorite word, versatility. You can be a defensive back. You can be a running back. You can be a wide receiver, punt and kick returner. Versatility is where it's all at. So, not surprised that Avery Williams kind of doing that. Uh, Matt Hennessy was taking reps with the first team at left guard. So, Hennessy's working with the first team offensive line at left guard at the moment. Uh, Bergeron will probably take um, snaps with the first team at some point. But for right now, and I think that's just because they don't want to rush Bergeron into all of this, Matt Hennessy's taking first snaps at left guard. And you want to see what you've got in Hennessy, right? <clears throat> I, I still think I don't like the idea of him and Drew Dolman playing side-by-side side with one another, at least not for 17 games. Okay, a game here and a random game there, okay. But 17 games, 
I don't want to see that. I don't want to see two undersized interior offensive linemen and they get pushed around. Uh, I've been down this road before, folks. 30 years of watching this, I've been down this road before. So I don't I don't want to see I don't want to see two undersized guys on the interior of our offensive line and those guys are getting pushed backward into Desmond Ritter. Again, a game here and a game there is totally different than 17 weeks where you game plan against those two guys, right? Totally different thing. So um, we'll see. But those are some of the things that are going on at the uh, Falcons OTAs. Uh, Former tight end for the Falcons, Anthony Ferkser, signs with the uh, Patriots. Um, I guess he's got a one-year deal in place. So the uh, 28-year-old tight end uh, joined Atlanta in April of 2022. So he's got a deal with the Patriots. So um, I guess we won't have Ferkser to be one of our blocking tight ends. That's all right. We, we've got Kyle Pitts. <clears throat> Kyle Pitts can be our blocking tight end because that's what we pay him for, right? That's what he's the number four draft pick for, to be a blocking tight end. Anybody? Anybody? Okay. Um, this is a fun story. This is from Adam Shine, NFL uh, columnist for NFL.com. He says the NFL bandwagons to hop on in 2023, right? So different bandwagons to hop on, right? You understand what I'm saying, Day-Day? You got it? Yep. Bandwagons to hop on, okay? You know who he's got number one? Number one. Who do you think he's got number one? Team, players, this, that, and the other. Whatever. <clears throat> What's the number one bandwagon to jump on this year for the for the NFL I'm going to go ahead and say Falcons. I'm going to say us. Number one is Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Quote, I think this is the NFL's sleeper squad in 2023. While I named the rival Saints as my Cinderella team after the signing of Derek Carr in March, I believe both NFC South teams can win 10-plus games this year. First off, I'm a big Arthur Smith fan despite going 7-10 and each of his first two seasons in the big chair. Smith is a fabulous coach. The third year will indeed be the charm. Given the growth and upgrading of the roster, second-year quarterback Desmond Ritter has a true chance to be solid under Smith's watchful eye, especially with the NFL experience gained since his third-round selection in the 2022 draft. Quote from Desmond Ritter uh, the other day uh, on Good Morning Football. Quote, this time last year, my head was spinning. Obviously, having a year under my belt and a whole offseason, it's become a lot more comfortable. Now we're just trying to work the intricate details of it, just working the ins and outs, excuse me, knowing what to expect, or sorry, knowing the exact whys of why everything is going on. Then he goes on to talk about B. John Robinson, Drake London, Cordero Patterson, Kyle Pitts. Um, Meanwhile, the defense, Atlanta's bugaboo for years, got a boost on every level in the free agency market. Calais Campbell, David Onyemata, Bud Dupree, um, Kate Nellis, Jesse Bates, all this, that, and the other. Quote, in an NFC South that's in flux, the Falcons are poised to rise up. So, uh, and then he goes on. He's got uh, Kenny Pickett, number two. He's got Garrett Wilson, number three. Uh, ben Johnson, the offense coordinator for the uh, Lions at uh, four. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's head coach for um, uh, the uh, Texans at number five. Calvin Ridley at number six. <clears throat> uh, Darren Waller, seven. Cam Akers, eight. Zadarius uh, Smith at nine, and that's his nine. I guess it. I guess he calls it the shine nine. 
whatever it is. Everybody's always got a gimmick, right? Oh, boy. Anyway, but, yeah, he's got number one on, on the bandwagons to jump on, the Atlanta Falcons. Look, again, we've said, I, I think the – I think the I think the floor for this team is seven or eight wins. I think that's the bottom. I think the ceiling is probably eleven wins. So you certainly have a good chance to be in a position to be above five hundred with a last place schedule. And I don't think the schedule's all that daunting. And certainly they can find their way to winning this division. I don't care what the record is. I mean, whether it's nine and eight. 10 and 7, 11 and 6. I mean, whatever the record is going to be, but certainly the Falcons could be the division leader when all is said and done. And I can understand why. I mean, when you look at teams that you say to yourself, okay, you know, what teams have, you know, really improved? Obviously, the Falcons have improved. I think, I don't want to say greatly, still think that there are flaws <clears throat> to this team. I still think that there are things about this team that, okay, we could be better at. And I still think that there are some things about this team that I'm ready to believe that it's going to be better. Like, I'm ready to believe that we're going to be, you know, a 38-sack team. Not 29, not 19, not 40. You know, I, again, I'm, I'm hoping that we can be at least a 38-sack team. So I still have some questions about that part, you know, of what we can do on defense. But... Obviously, they've been, they've upgraded pretty much everywhere, right? I think they're better at wide receiver, tight ends, running backs, whatever. I mean, and everybody's a year older. Uh, obviously, Desmond Ritter is going to be one of the big wild cards in this, right? But if Desmond Ritter can play, then we've got something. If he can play and he can run Arthur's offense, I, I don't see why that we can't we can't be a good squad. So, I'm optimistic. Um, I still think there are questions to be answered, but I think Arthur Smith, Jerry Gray, I think this group of coaches, Ryan Nielsen, I think the group of coaches that we have are are really good and will get a lot of positive results. All right, uh, Day Day. Um, we talked about the pro football focus, uh, 32 quarterbacks, ranking them um, ahead, you know, in, in the year. Right. Richardson was 32. Ritter was 31, right? Right. All right. <clears throat> The top 32 wide receivers in the NFL this season. Did Drake London make the list or not? Of the top 32 wide receivers, did he make the top 32, yay or nay? I'm going to say yay, but I think he's probably low. Um, he did not make the top really? 32. Yep. Okay. Um, let's see here. What they have for their list. Uh, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, mm -hmm. Jamar Chase, Diggs, Cup, Brown, McLaurin, Lamb, Samuel, Mike Evans, Hopkins, Wilson, Metcalf, Brown, uh, or I should say um, Ross St. Brown, um, Moore, Waddle, Devontae Smith, T. Higgins, uh, Ayuk, Godwin, Cooper, Lockett, uh, Dante, Deontay Johnson, Keenan Allen, um, Cooks, Thomas, Calvin Ridley comes in at number 28. Mike Williams, Michael Pittman Jr., Christian Kirk, and Chris Olave round out the, the list. So Drake Not London. Not a bad list, though. No, I mean, it's, it's a pretty yeah. good list. I mean, I, mean look, I was going to say 30. I was going to say he was going to be down there at the, you know, yeah, at I, the bottom. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I mean, Drake London has not showed that he's one of the 32 best wide receivers in the NFL. Yeah, especially I mean, those two drop. 
passes. Oh, it's two uh, fumbles. Yeah. He had the two, yeah. had the two big fumbles. I mean, right? well, I yeah, they yeah. were really fumbles. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's – look, I, I think he's a good player. I got no problem with Drake London. I But he's not one of the 32 best wide receivers in, in the NFL. So Well, I mean, you know, they put – Guys that haven't played games in the top thirty in the oh yeah the quarterback, <laughs> the quarterback yeah, list. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. I you mean, know. <laughs> right? I mean, that's you know. But again, they're they're looking at all the starting quarterbacks. There are going to be three or four rookies that start this year, right? True. I mean, so again, I don't know how many rookie wide receivers are going to start this year, but um, but they don't have any rookies in the wide receiver top top wide receivers of of this season. So, um, but look. I, I don't really know what to make of Drake London and the numbers he's going to put up this year because I think Kyle Pitts has to have that 100-catch, 1,400-yard season, 12-touchdown kind of year. And, and I'm going to ask a question about Kyle Pitts coming up at the top of the next hour, 9 o'clock hour. We're going to get you involved in this as well because I'm going to ask about Kyle Pitts. I think he's going to have that kind of big breakout year. Bijan will get lots of carries and yards. Algier will chew up his yards. Those guys will be... Red zone threats. I, I can see. Look, if Drake London becomes an elite player in the red zone, like for instance, if you told me Drake London had 50 catches for 600 yards but 10 touchdowns, I'd take that all day long from Drake London. I'd all take day. that all day long. Yep. 50 catches, 600 yards, but 10 touchdowns, I'm in. I'm in. I, I would be all in if he's a 10-touchdown wide receiver. Forget what his catches and yards are and all that other, you know, Michigas numbers and things like that. Just tell me that he's a guy that scores me a bunch of touchdowns down in the red zone. And that will get me to a 67% red zone efficiency. That will get me to elite level in the red zone. But I, I, I'll take lesser numbers if he gives me a whole bunch of touchdowns. All right, uh, who are we going to hear from next, Day Day? Garth Logaway. Okay, Garth Logaway. Yeah, oh, yeah, he was with on Atlanta with, uh, United. Yeah, wow, he how was about on that? with uh, Freaky and Mike Bell. Yeah, yeah, Freak, John Freaky. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, Garth Logaway up next. Chuck in the Key Studio, Sports Right Now the Game, Odyssey.com app. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini. 
Megan Trainer, L King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's leading ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Sports Radio, Night to the Game, Chuck Show, hanging out in the Key Studios on this Thursday evening with you. Uh, 404-741-0929. That's our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Um, back and forth game here in Atlanta with the uh, the Braves. Braves got out to a 2-0 lead on a Austin Riley two-run homer. And then uh, Alex Baum hit a two-run homer off Dylan Dodd. They tacked on another run. Uh, Braves got one back. Um, Marcelo Zuna hit a game-tying home run. So Braves have got three runs. Phillies have got three runs. We're in the uh, top of the fourth right now. So Dylan Dodd has got uh, a couple of guys out and nobody on. So um, right now, three and two-thirds innings, six hits, three earned runs, a walk, a strikeout, and obviously the two-run homer that he gave up. Uh, He's got 67 pitches that he's at right now. So just get me through five innings, right? Um, Just get me through five innings. So he's got four innings, 70 pitches. Get me at least five, right? Um, Aaron Nola, he's uh, got 49 pitches. He's got three hits, sorry, four hits in three innings, three earned runs, six strikeouts in three innings. Um, But right now it's tied 3-3 with the uh, other Braves. And what, you know, this will be a good, fun series over the weekend here as we head toward Memorial Day, right? And then Braves head out on the road starting next week. I believe it's Tuesday of next week, right? Am I correct on all of that? But they will be Yeah, they'll in go to Oakland, Oakland for yeah. three and then two in – I forgot where they go after that. Um, uh, three in Oakland and three in Arizona. Oh, yeah, three in Arizona. And then uh, early part of June, they come back home, and they've got the Mets and the Nationals. Uh, so a first chance to – See the New York Mutts. Uh, we will no, sorry, they did play the Mets uh, up up earlier. That that whole series was kind of washed out. Um, make sure we can find for you know June sixth, seventh, eighth. Make sure we find the long form, the long version of right, the song. Right, exactly, exactly. So I'm on it. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll see what they can do this weekend here. Um, this is you know two good series in a row with the Dodgers, and of course that did not go very well for the Braves. But certainly, let's see if they can get off to a better start here. And, um, you know, maybe take three out of four from Philadelphia um, before, again, that should be, I mean, I'm sorry, but anything less than a sweep in Oakland is not acceptable. That's got to be a three-game sweep. I mean, I'm sorry, but you can't be the best team in the National League, and they're the most disgraceful franchise, maybe in baseball history. Maybe they are maybe the biggest low-life dirtbag franchise in baseball history right now. Even more than some of the things that the Marlins did, right? Coming off the 97 season when they just gutted their whole roster. 
I mean, that's basically what the Oakland A's have done over the last couple of years, right? Was it Chapman and then obviously Matt Olson, um, yep. all gone off their team? So um, just disgraceful. So anything other than a sweep out there would be a failure. I'll guarantee you <clears throat> that there are more people at the ballpark tonight than will be in the three games in Oakland. Oh, the, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's without a doubt. A, in fact, I'll I'll say that there are twice as many people at the stadium tonight. As, and today's the last day of school, so yeah. everybody's out of school now. So right. everybody's officially out of school. Well, so. they won't be out there, though. Huh? They go to June out there. Really? Yeah, California is a September. No, no, June. I'm talking about. I'm talking. Oh, about you here mean for here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. Here. So yeah, yeah it was packed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Did you see the pictures of before the gates open? Yes. Yes. Crazy. They, yeah. It, with the because it is outcast bobblehead night. Yeah. So they've got the outcast bobbleheads. And they've got the special menu. Menu, yeah. Right. And apparently the bobbleheads all got given out before most people even got out, got into the stadium. So I, I saw the pictures from um, uh, Garrett. Uh-huh. Where was he standing when he took I those pictures? I was trying pictures? to figure that out, too. Maybe because. Was he over at 680? Did he switch stations? <laughs> did, did he switch stations on us? I don't think so, but I couldn't Are figure sure? that out. I'm pretty I mean, fine. he's kind of a turncoat. <laughs> Anyway, uh, but yeah, um, I don't. I think you're gonna probably because I mean Oakland doesn't even average like a thousand people at yeah. a game. Yeah, like, they, they they average like I think I think fourteen hundred or yeah, something like that. Like yeah. so, yeah. it's it's ridiculous. I mean, so it, it's it's ridiculous about how bad Oakland is. I and again, it's funny because I'm old enough to know yeah, the history of the Oakland A's. That was one of the franchises. Yeah, of yeah the they were one of the seventies, eighties, yeah. like. 90s, 2000s. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, they've they've had they've had bursts on the radar over you know four decades, and but they've had made they've had superstars. They've had MLB yeah. superstars. Yeah, I mean, if you put together a Oakland A's all time franchise team, you'd have a hell of a team. Yeah, you'd have a hell. There, there'd be yeah. there'd be a lot of guys that you'd have to leave off of that squad. Right. So anyway. All right, Garth Lagaway was on uh, with uh, Freaky and Bell uh, today. And uh, I start off by asking him what his first reaction to Saturday's draw that somehow felt like a loss. Yeah, well, I mean, the first four shots feel pretty good. And then, then when you get the shots five, six, and seven, it gets a little reckless, right? That's true. Uh, now, look, Chicago was it was a wide-open game. Uh, I, I, I would imagine it was pretty thrilling to somebody watching at home. I mean, you certainly didn't know what was going to happen next. A couple of red cards, uh, just pandemonium. Uh, but, you know, to the point, you know, we're up, we're up a goal twice. We're up a goal in the man. We'd love to stay in control of that game and, and just shut it down. And, and uh, sometimes boring soccer is the way to, to get results. And you know, we, we kind of let some points slip there. And, and look, it happens. Um, and we're still looking to uh, continue to improve. The big game against Orlando this weekend, as you guys alluded to. Um, and we're going to keep working to improve the team uh, with the summer transfer window coming up uh, starting on July 5th. Well, Garth Argerway, team president of Atlanta United, John Fricke and Mike Bell on Dukes and Bell. Garth, before there was a Nashville FC in the MLS, before there was a Charlotte, there was Orlando City. And there was a, a decision by Orlando fans that they were going to target Atlanta United as their rival. And uh, there was an, a, a situation one time in, in their stadium where they were throwing a lot of trash at our guys. And uh, hit one of them. I've tried, I almost had the name of the guy that they hit with the water bottle. Um, and uh, Joseph was their daddy and owned it. And there was this budding thing, a hatred between the two. I kind of sense that that's kind of started to die down a little bit. And as you look around and kind of go rivals, 
I don't know, Garth, is, is Orlando City still our rival, or could we develop something else? Look, I think when we look at it, and we look at the attendances around the league, and, and uh, uh, we, Charlotte and Nashville, are 1, 2, and 4 mm-hmm. in attendance in the whole league. Uh, I really think that's the future of Atlanta United. Now, that doesn't diminish, um, you know, although we played some big games against Orlando, had some, some big moments against Orlando. Um, but every league is going to kind of partition off based on geography. And I do think long-term Orlando winds up with Miami. You know, the two Florida teams wind up paired from a rivalry perspective. Uh, it just makes a little bit too much sense. And, and look, if, if you or your audience have any uh, any clever names for, for a Nashville Charlotte, uh, uh, Atlanta United in-season competition. Right. Uh, we'd love to hear him. I understand there's some couple of rivalries down here in the South and the SEC, and maybe we can build off of that. But uh, certainly none of which is to say we're taking Orlando lightly. It's a really tough game. Uh, they're only the, the second team this year we played that has a winning record. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's a big test for us. It is Garth Lagerway, guys. He is the boss, the jefe of Atlanta United. Yeah, and it, was, it wasn't your fault, man. It was your predecessor. He put a billboard out outside Orlando City to stoke that rivalry back in the day. And those dudes oh, really yeah, that's did. Right. Was, <laughs> what, was it Garza, by the way, who got hit with a water bottle? I'm trying to remember. But either way, we, we didn't like them, and they don't like us. But the Red Bulls, I think, are probably our biggest rival. Those guys always give us trouble. But anyway, Garth, you uh, came in here to uh, get things right financially and uh, get things into your sort of game plan of how you want to see this franchise move. Luis Araujo, we find out he's going to be heading down to South America. We got him back in the day from over in France. Was it just a lack of production and just not meeting the dollar value as far as what you were getting on the pitch? You know, look, I think sometimes, you know, a new guy comes in and they want different things stylistically. You know, one of the things that I think you guys have heard me say from day one is I really want to spend our money down the spine of the team, you know, which is to say right. center forward, center midfielder, defensive midfielder, uh, center back, goalkeeper. Um, and so that was, that was a big expenditure, you know, maybe higher than I'd seen before for a winger, you know, for a wide player. And, and obviously, if everything had gone perfectly, then, then uh, you know, you would have left it as is and, uh, you know, not kicked over to Sandcastle uh, just to the point of being destructive. But, you know, felt like it wasn't flown maybe as well as we wanted. And, and look, credit to Luis. I mean, he's been a really good pro, and, and this was an opportunity that he wanted as well. I mean, I think it's lost. It's, you know, it's not like a trade in, uh, you know, in, in Major League Baseball. I mean, these guys have to agree to stuff like this. You know, it's not like we just sold them. It's a mutual deal, and, and Luis was open to it, and Flamengo's one of the biggest clubs in Brazil. And, look, I think it speaks to the progress of MLS that, you know, we're doing eight-figure transactions uh, to, you know, the most, you know, arguably one of the most famous clubs in South America. Uh, yeah, I think that shows you what our pedigree is now on the global stage. So we were encouraged by that, and obviously we free up some resources as we reset the team and continue the process that we started over the winter. Yeah, we're talking, of course, with Garth Lagerway, team president of Atlanta United. The Five Stripes and the Lions, Orlando City, it'll be Saturday night. Mike and Jason on the call on Sports Radio 92 on the game. Pre-game at 7, kick at 7.30. When you picked up GG Tank, Yakamagas, whatever you want to call him, did you think that he would instantly, this quickly becomes, because I think, Garth, he is the most dangerous scorer in all of Major League Soccer at the moment. Yeah, look, I mean, there's some graphics. Uh, you know, he's, for the number of minutes he's played, he, you know, he's among the fastest eight goals in league history. Um, he's obviously come out, you know, like like he's been launched from a cannon. Um, you know, will he play at that Greek god of goals level uh, forever? You know, who's to say? You know, like, like obviously that would be great, um, but certainly he's met every expectation. And I think uh, when you look at him and Tiago Almada, 
on the field together, you know, those two together are, are borderline unstoppable, and that's really been the strength of our team. You know, if, if you wanted to point to one thing, uh, you know, we won the six of, of, out, of, out of our games here to start the season. You know, those two have been reason one and reason two, and can't say enough positive things about Yakumakis, and not just on the field, uh, but off the field. He's been such a leader. He's been willing after difficult results to go in the locker room and speak to his teammates and put the team on his back and play in difficult positions. You know, you guys see this is a lot like a nose tackle. You know, he's going in there. He's getting banged around by two center backs. He's winning the ball. He's knocking it down. He's finding his moments to break free and behind. You know, uh, but it, it is not an easy job what he does. And I've got a ton of respect for how he's come in here and how seriously he's taken this. Garth Lagerway is with us, guys, and catching up with the boss of Atlanta United. We talked about Aruju eventually, uh, Almada potentially moving off the roster. Your philosophy, Garth, because you've, you've won championships everywhere you've been, is it a combination of international and American players or guys with MLS experience or just a matter of, the as you said, kind of building that spine and finding the right fit? It's all those things. You always have to have value, right? You know, the, the we, We've hit it out of the park on the two big DPs, on Yakimakis and on Almada. Um, you know, and what we have to do more consistently is find value in the other salary spots as, as mandated uh, by the MLS salary cap. Uh, you definitely need American players uh, to be successful. You look, you have a couple, right? We, Miles Robinson, Brooks Glennon, uh, Brad Gusan, you know, you know, the list goes on, right? And what we have to do, too, is we have to produce more players, more Caleb Wileys, uh, to try to make sure that we always have a steady supply of those guys. You know, and then that's the balance is, you know, you're going to always have some elite special players. Um, maybe they're American, maybe they're foreign. Um, but you have to have some supporting players. Those supporting players, you have to find a value. Um, and if you do that more often than not, those guys tend to be domestic. Uh, and so, you know, there's not a rigid uh, blueprint. Like we have to plug this player into this place. Uh, but there is uh, nonetheless, you know, a, an infrastructure and, and a way we want to build it. Uh, and we're going to keep marching to that and, and build it out as we move through the summer. All right, Garth Lagerway, I do appreciate your taking a few minutes. Team President, Atlanta United, Orlando City, 7 o'clock Saturday on Sports Radio 92 on the game. Thanks, Garth. Thanks for having me, guys. John Chuckery, we'll be back. Sports Radio 92 on the game and the Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, John Chuckery Show, hanging out in the Key Studios Thursday night with you. <clears throat> uh, 404-741-0929. That's our Solomon Brothers number text line to be a part of the show. Uh, Braves are back and forth here. They uh, they grabbed the lead in the bottom of the fourth inning, a uh, sacrifice fly that scored Marcel Ozuna. Um, was it Michael Harris? That, no. Yeah, Money Mike. Yeah, Mike, yeah Mike, Michael Harris had the sacrifice fly, and then that scored Ozuna. And then, uh, top of the fifth, Bryce Harper just hit a bomb out to uh, right field. So it's uh, tied now. Sounds like a fun game to be at, though, honestly. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know yeah. you – obviously, you don't, you, you want to win the game and you would rather not give up all those those hits and runs, but 
still sounds like a, a fun game to be at. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure with the outcast bobblehead night and all that stuff, um, and Garrett at the 680 Studios, I mean, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, no, I mean, uh, it's it's probably a pretty good-sized crowd. I mean, school's yeah, out, school's you know. school's out. You're heading um, into the holiday weekend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people, really, for a lot of people, you know that Memorial Day mm-hmm. is the second busiest travel weekend of the yes, year? Yes, yes. Only yes. Thanksgiving is a bigger travel weekend yeah. in the United States. Yeah, I guess because again, for especially here in the South, it kicks off the summer vacation yeah, officially. Right, right. For for most people, and then you know, for people up north, it's kind of like one of those weekends where they want to probably get away and get somewhere to get to some warm weather. Right. Well, you always know. I mean, the biggest thing is you always know when Memorial Day is. Right. Like mm-hmm. Christmas can fall. Christmas is on the right. on a specific date, so right. it could be any day of the week. It's, right. I think Christmas. I think Christmas this coming year is it on Tuesday? I feel like I was gonna say I feel like it's like a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, Tuesday. It's a weekday. Like I yeah. do know that much. So yeah. you always know that Memorial Day is the fourth Monday of May. So right. you can always plan that it's it's gonna everybody's gonna be off on on that holiday weekend. But um, yeah, uh, it it should be should be good crowds because again, yeah. Philadelphia. Philadelphia will have fans, mm-hmm. right? The, the the Phillies will will have their contingent. You know the Bryce Harper people. Yeah. And again, it's you know all um, all games um, uh, at Truist with school out, Memorial Day holiday weekend. Yeah. I mean, so there'll be a lot uh, going on. Hey, at least we'll be in studio. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Are we getting out anywhere? We... Yeah, we don't we don't tend to do that. Well, you got to get out, and you got to hang out in that closet. Yeah, yeah, I got to hang out for yeah, and 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 the payoff was. That I only had to do a five-hour show. <laughs> yeah, that 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 worked out really well. You know, uh, the only the only thing that the only thing that saved it was the food. Yeah, that's the only thing that saved. Yeah, the way you guys talked about that food, I that, was very those jealous. short those short ribs were outstanding. And you said something about a dessert. That oh was. yeah, yeah, the the cheesecakes and all that were really good. Mm. The well, one was a cheesecake. One was like a, I don't know, like a like a chocolate cake or something like mm. that. So, okay. but the desserts were outstanding. And the short ribs were fantastic mm-hmm. with with the what is it called, like a paella or whatever yeah, like that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, so it that it was great food out there. But, yeah, we were we were literally in a closet <laughs> and we were up there. Not one, not two. Not. Uh, listen, by the five time. Times. Yeah. Five, times. five hours. By the time. I'm, it, it, no joke. When we left, there was maybe a guy sweeping somewhere in the facility. Like the guard, like so. There, so when you when you pull in to right. Flowery Branch, you, you have shack. to go. Yeah, they yeah. got a guard shack, right? Yep. I mean, and and it's a you know it's an arm that's you know one of those whatever robotic arms or whatever right. you know automatic. So by the time we left, there was nobody in the guard shack. <laughs> nobody was in the guard shack. All the lights were off. Nobody was around. Like literally. Who, who was the who was the on-site engineer? Uh, that was Mike. Mike. Yeah, that okay. was Mike. So Fred. Uh, he and I were the only two people left <laughs> up there. Like literally, we were the only two human beings left. They even, they even, uh, they literally like. I, I think they took away the key access, and uh, I think they had the bathroom locked and all that. I mean, literally, like there was there was nobody up there. It was just me and the on-site engineer. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There was nobody, nobody there. So yeah, a lot of people there earlier. You know, I talked yeah. to all the news folks. I mean, I talked to Kelly Price and. Reggie Chapman and you know yeah. everybody and was hanging out with them and we're just kind of chit chatting all that kind of stuff. But by the time you know like ten o'clock rolled around, then it got to be eleven, mm-hmm. then it got to be midnight. Yeah, like there was nobody out there. It was desolate. Like the parking <laughs> lot was desolate. 
nobody in the guard shack. Because I, I was worried about whether or not, okay, is that arm going to get me out? Right. Because I was going to drive through it. <laughs> I was, absolutely. I was going to take my SUV. If the guard, if the, if the arm didn't raise up, that was I it. can promise you. Like, they were replacing it. Right. Because, the again, day. I was up till midnight. That was a Friday night yeah. up, up, up till midnight. And I got to drive from Flowery Branch to, you know, right around the corner to Roswell. Right. You know, so, again, I was... I was looking at it, it's like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna drive right through this gate if this gate doesn't raise the arm up, so thankfully for them because uh, I wouldn't have paid for it I'd have told them screw you <laughs> if I can't get out I mean that's that's a you problem if I can't get out then that's that's your fault that because again you know that we're up here you know that we're hanging out up here so um, I thought it was disconcerting when somebody handed me a Swiffer but anyway that was <laughs> neither here nor there so. Anyway, all right, um, speaking of somebody handing me a Swiffer, let's uh, get to something we call What's Bugging Chuckery. Don't look now, but somebody out there just got Chuckery ticked off. <laughs> like, that's hard. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. It's time for What's Bugging Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. By the way, the uh, Celtics are up big in this game. Um, it's now 23-10. to 10. It was just 23-7 to 7 a minute ago. Uh, the Heat had kicked in at three, but... Um, 23-10 right now. Celtics all over the Miami Heat. So that series looks like it's going to extend. Yeah. I, uh, we'll talk about it because I know we'll get to the Jalen Brown thing again. So Okay. All right. Well, um, in the least shocking news imaginable, imagine that young people like to bet on things. On fantasy sports, sports betting, all this kind of stuff. So the NCAA, as it continues to monitor and adjust to evolving sports gambling landscape in the U.S., released survey results Wednesday that indicate that betting is prevalent among young adults, especially on college. You mean college campuses would have betting and things like that? Look, that's the legitimate betting that they're tracking, right? How many many poker games and everything else are happening on college campuses and in frat houses and in dorms and everything else. So here's the key findings from the NCAA survey. 58% of the respondents have participated in at least one sports betting activity. The NCAA includes fantasy sports in its definition of sports betting. So 58% of the respondents have at least one betting sport. Guess what? They have 40 that they, they they can say that they have one, they have forty. By the way, Riley with his second homer of the game, um, Braves get the lead right back. Uh, this wild game here tonight. Sixty-seven um, percent of students living on campus are betters and tend to bet at a higher frequency. With forty-one percent of the students who bet having wagered on their school's team. Thirty-five percent have used a student bookmaker. Oh yeah. That's college life, is it not? Talk to a bookie. Some guy's got backdoor action, poker games, blackjack, right? I mean, we've we've literally That's been all, going on for yeah, like I said, we, we've all seen the movies. Yeah, about, I was about to say, yeah, right, in the movies, yeah, right. That's um, how some of them pay for tuition, all that uh, stuff. Sixty-eight percent of Black or African American respondents engaged in betting activities. That's the highest among demographics surveyed. Other races. Hispanic or Latino, 63%. Asian, 55%. White or Caucasian, 54%. Uh, They said the survey was commissioned by NCAA President 
Charlie Baker to establish a baseline of sports betting activity in the new gambling landscape in the U.S. They say uh, 33 states in the District of Columbia have launched legal gambling markets. Of course, we don't have that here. Um, in the last five years, a handful more are gearing up to get into the bookmaking business. By the way, how lo- remember, remember when, like three months ago, that we were two weeks away from having sports gambling in. Mm-hmm. I remember Stake did a story yeah. about all that, right? Yeah. Like they, Stake, uh, Stake they, said, hey, listen, cha-cha. Yeah. Um, I've got sources that tell me that, <laughs> that sports gambling is about to happen. He said, oh, yeah, it's going to happen in the next two weeks. That was four months ago. Mm-hmm. That was four months ago. Well, it got is like, it still two weeks away? Yeah, no, I think it, they they talked about that. It uh it got uh shot down. Right. Okay. Yeah. As it always does. Yeah. Are we still two weeks away then? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. We're two weeks beyond and more. Yeah. Okay. So four months ago we were two weeks away. What happened now? Well, I, uh, okay. Anyway, so um, here's the the interesting part. Uh, the survey was conducted April 18th through the 23rd and was centered on adults ages 18 to 22 who have lived in the United States. It received 3,527 responses. Um, The survey found that $10 to $20 was the most common amount risked per bet, with 79% of respondents risking $1 to $50 per wager. Black or African-American respondents were an outlier, with 10% typically betting more than 100% compared to the 5% of the general population. They said the survey indicated the NFL was the most popular league among bettors, followed by the NBA, college basketball, and college football, ranked third and fourth, respectively. And they said that the NCAA examined what it, it determined as risky behaviors, including betting a few times a week or daily. Betting $50 or more on a typical bet or losing more than $500 betting in a single day. The survey found that 16% of 18 to 22-year-olds had engaged in at least one of these risky behaviors. Well, yeah. Again, I mean, when you're young and you've got a little bit of money in your pocket for mom and dad or whoever, you're going to spend it. Like they don't have they don't have families and wives and kids and responsibility and all that kind of stuff. I mean, again, eighteen how many eighteen to twenty two year olds are, you know, locked down in a marriage and kids and all that kind of stuff? They got money to spend. And then mom and dad's helping it. Listen, my daughter goes the way to college, I'll help her out. I'll give her money. Right? That's just the way it goes, whatever like that. So again, none of this is really surprising that young people are looking to bet. Young people want to bet on sports, right? Especially if you're, like, at a good university. Like, if you're in Georgia, right, why would you not bet on the Georgia Bulldogs, right? Oh, we're going to win. We're going to win. And you make a little wager. And, and sports, <laughs> sport, on-campus bookies have been around since the dawn of time, right? The, 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 the on-campus bookie, the day that, uh, the day that, Football was announced in the United States of America as being played on a college campus. The next day was the bookies that were on campus. So again, not really surprising in in all of this, but it's a it's a growing industry. You know, it's it's certainly something that we need to get here in this state. But it's a growing industry. States are cleaning up with it. They're cleaning up with it. They're making billions and billions and billions of dollars 
off of sports gambling. The only the only problem, or I shouldn't say problem, but the one thing they got to try to start monitoring, though, as far as the college kids, is the student athletes. I don't know how, but that's that's going to probably start being something well, to, you know, be a concern I, I, as the number grows. Yeah, I mean, look, there have been outliers, right? I mean, the Boston College scandal, mm-hmm. that was right. that was the Goodfellas guys, right? They, right. They, the, um, it was, you know, um, Henry Hill and those guys. Right. That, that got involved in all that. Yep. I mean, we've seen we've seen these different things. I mean, yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, I I don't. If it hasn't been problematic before, I don't know that it will be problematic now because I do think that if you're an athlete on the football team, I think you do have integrity. Say what you will, but I think you do have integrity, and you want to see your team win. I I I, I don't think that. I don't think that it's it's going to be the problem that some people might think it is. Yeah, well, with I, nil and everything. Yeah, else. I, and I was gonna say I don't think I don't mean it in a way of you know you know losing you know integrity, but just the fact that they're engaging in it in general. Yeah, I I think it's more of I think it's more of now that kids can make money in college, there isn't that urge to be desperate to. Find income streams, right? right? Like if you come from a low income family, right? You don't have, you don't have that desire to want to do something unethical now because you're going to have opportunity to make money now at the collegiate level, and I think that's that's one of the benefits of it, right? Yeah, that's one of the benefits of NIL. So we'll see what happens, but no real surprises in that study. All right, here's what we got: 404 404 7260929. Very simple question for all of our Falcons fans. Where do you rank Kyle Pitts among tight ends in the NFL? Not fantasy, not what your fantasy team is got gonna have. I'm talking about where do you rank Kyle Pitts among tight ends in the NFL? Chuck Green Kia Studios, 404-726-0929. Sports Radio Not to the Game, Odyssey.com app. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero 
Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.